The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's really hard for me to believe that like this hardo mentality that Joe Judge is trying to be perceived as is like connecting with players. Like it just does not seem like any part of it is really making any real long-term difference there. Welcome into the very first edition of NFL University, the show where we do our very best to educate you on all things NFL all across the National Football League. I am Steven Serta. I'm very happy to be joined by Kyle Posey of Niners Nation and Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. How are you guys doing today? Great, man. Just uh, just watch a little football, so that's always fun. Justice, what's going on? Uh, not too much, but I'm still better looking than you. Other than that, <laughs> wait, you, you look great right now. And for those who cannot see us. You don't like the natural hair? Steve, how would you describe Justice's look right now? So he's, he's just screaming for a screenshot. Yeah, so I was curious if you had a headband or if you were just using the headphones oh, I got, I got as the, a headband. I got, headband. Okay. I got the headband and the headphones. We're going like Sanchez USC era. Yeah, there it is. I dig it. I dig it. I don't. I don't think enough people go Sanchez USC era. So I'm. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I, I like the look. I. I love everything that he's doing right now. Yeah, KP's just a hater. Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so training camp is pad day pretty much all across the NFL today. So there's a ton of news, ton of stuff to get caught up on. But our goal on this show is to kind of deep dive and explain and kind of get you informed in a way that maybe you don't get on some of your other. NFL shows where we really want to break things down and kind of analyze things in a deep and thoughtful way. But big news of the day, Trey Lance out at training camp for the 49ers. I think the Super Bowl contender in the NFC, if you ask me, the San Francisco 49ers. But Kyle Posey, KP just came from practice. Trey Lance looking like Mahomes 2.0. What did you think when you saw that fantasy football god out there today? Fantasy football god indeed. Yeah, man, he's going to rack up a lot of points just by running the football and scoring from close. So if that is your thing, go for it. But Kyle Shanahan has been pretty adamant that Trey Lance is not the starter. Trey Lance is not going to take first team reps. And we have eyes. And it doesn't take long to realize that one of these quarterbacks is unlike the other. So Trey Lance, man, you're seeing him run the ball. You're seeing him look faster than everybody else. And and what's more important, you're seeing him throw the ball better than the current starter. So 
he's heaving a deep. He had one of those pro day throws today where, you know, he's rolling left, fading away. Uh, just, as I said, heaving it up top. And he's hitting receivers in stride, which is pretty freaking impressive. Um, still has some things that he has to work on. But the fact that he's playing so well so early is a great sign for the 49ers because we've seen them compete with average quarterback play. And if they get better than average quarterback play, then they are going to be a scary team and they are going to compete against the top teams in the NFC. So it's early and I don't want to make it, I don't want to crown him just yet, but I mean, he's, it's evident that he's going to be really, really good. And it's probably not going to take him long to get there. So is the Mahomes 2.0 hype real then? <laughs> that's uh that's a little low for Trey Lance. He's actually better than that so um, <laughs> let's, let's not let's not put a ceiling on him no of course it is man like so he's, today's pad day they just put the pads on we haven't seen him do anything yet uh so like we all we keep tra- uh training camp stats because that's what the media love that's what fans want to see and he was 13 for 14 Mahomes could never do that uh and he threw three I mean, picks today so there we go Trey Lance, Trey Lance has a beat Let's let's I should tweet that out right now. Trey Lance is better than Patrick Mahomes already. But I mean, it's fun. It's exciting to see. And uh, the fact that, you know, he's making plays already. He's making these chunk plays already that, you know, we're not used to seeing the 49ers quarterbacks generate, um, you know, without the help of their head coach. So that's what's pretty promising so far. I have a question for you. So how different does that offense look? when Jimmy like structurally the offense look when Jimmy's in there versus when Trey's in there. Cause I saw you tweet out, you know, they're running bash with him, which is like, if people don't know, I mean, it's a, it's basically like Oregon style type of option play to get the running back on the edge. Um, but Hey man, they weren't doing that with Jimmy and no. it didn't really seem like they were trying to get Jimmy in the shotgun in the first place. And it's going to be hard to run a quarterback if you're going to line him up under center. So I guess my question is like, so is he like, is that like goal line stuff that they're using or are they going to sprinkle in more gun stuff in general to their offense? So there is more um, shotgun in general with both quarterbacks, but obviously, you know, with Lance in there, they can get, so the first two days, it's just been zone read, zone read, zone read today. First run of the team drills bash and they busted that out a few times. So if, if we're seeing bash and zone read on the first few days of training camp, just imagine what other wrinkles they have up their sleeve. So uh, you get bash and then you get him writing out the play fake. You get the play action rollouts, you get the nakeds, you get a ton of stuff on the move with the quarterback. So, but Jimmy throws on the run too. So it's not totally different. I think the biggest difference that, you know, people would notice if they were there that because they are running the same passing concepts, one quarterback takes the first level throw, the other quarterback takes the second and third level throw. So it's going to be like, oh, wow, these guys are open and that, uh, they're going to be able to open it up. So I think that's going to be the biggest difference, if anything. I think we could get into a spot where, you know, if, if Jimmy does end up starting this year. And again, I don't buy it because you can't convince me that the guy they traded three first round picks for is supposed to sit on the bench. <laughs> I'm just not I'm not naive enough to believe that. Um, I think if if Jimmy does start the year, we're going to get something like uh Remember the stories we got from like the Alex Smith season in Kansas city when Mahomes was on the bench and everyone just talks about like, man, this dude in practice, like you, you, like you wish you would have seen it. If you just knew what the audibles were and the line calls earlier, like we could have had something special a year earlier. Like, I, I think that's what's going to come out of the Niners season. If Jimmy starts eight or more games this year. 
So people ignore that part of Mahomes because remember when he played that week 17 against the Broncos, he lit it up. Like he was really, really good. And based on everything that we had heard out of Kansas City was uh, he was doing that the entire time. And Steven can speak better to this than both of us. But um, if that's the case, like why why couldn't he have played? So um, tying it back to the 49ers, we're seeing that already. And the 49ers have not practiced for a week. So uh, we might be looking at a, like a Matt Schaub, Derek Carr situation where, you know, he's just the rookie so much better that you have no choice but to pay him or play him. But speaking of pay, the money matters, man. And uh, $25 million is not going to be able, easy to bench. I think that's the only hiccup, uh, only hiccup right now for, for these two. Well, and it, it shouldn't really be a hiccup because it is a lot of money, but the way quarterback contracts are right now, like Jimmy G isn't even getting paid that much comparatively to other top qu- quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think why it's different here compared to Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes is that Andy Reid, I don't think, really wavered in Alex Smith. Andy Reid really liked and respected Alex Smith. I don't feel like Kyle Shanahan respects Jimmy G the same way. Like, like going back to the Super Bowl, that playoff run, they didn't want him to throw. And then he finally did in the Super Bowl, of course, missed Emmanuel Sanders, which is going to be a talking point forever for Niners fans, I feel like. But I just don't feel like they have the same type of respect level where Kyle Shanahan's literally going to ram it down our throats like, no, he's playing all 17 weeks of the regular season right. this year. Yeah, he's he's been pretty vocal about Lance isn't the starter, but he's also been pretty adamant that Trey's going to play when he's ready to play. And he's going to start when I feel like he gives us the best chance to start. And that could very well be after a couple preseason games where, you know, everybody sees, oh, he is really good. So it just depends. But no, that's a good point. And just tying it back to Jimmy G versus Alex Smith, Alex Smith never missed time. Like He was always playing games. So when that's the case, Jimmy's missed more than he has. And it seems like, anyway, I don't know the exact number, but I know he's missed a lot of games in the past few years. And he's basically tanked a couple of their seasons because they haven't had a quarterback. You don't have to worry about that with the guy who is 6'4", 225 pounds. Like he's not going to get hurt because the people that are trying to tackle him, he's bigger than. So uh, that that has to matter when we're when we're talking about this. And it's that's super important, right? So I'm coming off of a gig where I used to work with the XFL for the past two years. Agents used to care about me. Guys who are in the scouting community used to care about me. I used to be someone, right? Now now I'm no one. Um, some of them still talk to me, but some of the rumors still, you know, end up passing by my ear. And that point about Jimmy G not being healthy cannot be understated because there's a lot of people who swear that Shanahan basically was done with Jimmy because he believed that Jimmy could have played at some point last year and that he basically took Jimmy to a Super Bowl. Jimmy quit on them in terms of like putting his body on the line and then that cost them a playoff spot yeah and that change it kind of changes the mentality of how that whole quarterback room is being perceived you know what i mean so for sure there's a lot no. of people who think that that's what happened behind closed doors oh that and you're not the first person to bring that up you won't be the last person to bring that up i mean there's been whispers about that all dating back to when they, because they were in the playoff hunt with backup quarterbacks. Like they were like right. six and six, I believe, at one point, or maybe a game under 500 and had a chance to make the playoffs with CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins as their quarterback. So for everybody talking about, oh, Jimmy G's record, uh, because it is really good, but 
uh, we gotta we gotta use some context here because Kyle Shanahan, if he if he could do that with CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins and just come close to scratching the surface of a playoff hunt, just imagine what he would do with a rookie QB. So you heard it right here on NFL University. You should absolutely draft Trey Lance in your fantasy football leagues because he's going to be the starter sooner rather than later for the San Francisco 49ers. I already mentioned it. It was pad day on Tuesday. First full day of pads around the NFL. First full day, full contact for most teams, even if it was a light drill. And it seems like the first full day of fights in practice across training camp. I don't feel like we've had enough fights yet. Maybe it's a pandemic thing, COVID-19 thing, players trying to stay away from each other or whatever. We got our full first full fight today, though, and it was a legitimate all-out brawl that resulted in New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones being at the bottom of the pile. Justice, I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this. I Man, it just seems like not even necessarily the fight, but how the post-fight situation ended up, right? It's really hard for me to believe that like this hardo mentality that Joe Judge is trying to be perceived as is like connecting with the players. Like th- it just does not seem like any part of it is really making any real long-term difference there, right? Like if if you thought that that mentality was going to change anything, it would be to like prevent fights, right? And making guys run after practice and then you know, when they're walking the last lap, you make them run another one. I mean, these are grown ass men, dude. Like a lot, a lot of the, and some of those players are making more than Joe judge. Right. Like that's another really important part about the NFL is that a lot of these players make more than coaches. And, and that kind of changes the power dynamics there. Um, I just don't really understand how this is going to work. Cause at least the Dan Campbell stuff, right? Like the Dan Campbell stuff, we see him do up downs on Twitter but he's not doing the Oklahoma drill stuff anymore, right? Because the Oklahoma drill stuff doesn't work with grown-ass adults. But Joe Judge is just knee-deep in it. So I, I don't know what your guys' perspective is, but that's mine. And in general, Kyle, I know you've coached high school ball at least too. Like, people blow up, man. And especially in camp, like, coaches against coaches, players against players. If we're just knocking heads all the time and, like, we're just around each other and it's hot and we're seeing each other every day and we don't have – a common opponent to like funnel that aggression to like at some point it's going to pop off when we're all around each other. And for the most part, people just go on with their day. Right. But then Joe judge comes in with the iron fist. And it seems like that's a moment where the locker room can galvanize against the coach, which is the opposite of what you're trying to build as culture. Right. Yeah. So I cannot wait to return to the high school sidelines a week from yesterday. I uh, cannot wait to wake up every day at 530 in the morning. Anyway, um, yeah, so that usually happens a couple weeks into practice. Like when you're tired of going against the same guy, when you're tired of doing the same thing over and over and repetitions wise. So like first day of pads, <laughs> we're already getting like not just a one on one fight. Daniel Jones was at the bottom of the pile. What I really want to know is what caused this fight? Like, well, who, like, what was it? Was it because Daniel Jones was inaccurate? Because that seems like the most plausible thing. <laughs> but uh, was it just the guys in the trenches just going off against each other? And, you know, they were just fed up. But, um, and again, I, I would like to know, 
how Judge reacted because everything that we know about him, he is uh, speaking of high school coaches. He comes off like a high school coach, uh, the way he treats these guys. So maybe they're just fed up. Maybe they don't respect him. Who knows what's going down? But um, Stephen, what do you think was the reason that this fight popped off? Let's uh, let's make some guesses here. I mean, I would assume it was Daniel Jones being bad. Uh, (laughs) That's that's just where like that's why he wound up at the bottom of the pile and the offensive line got into it because they're trying to protect their quarterback. Like the New York Giants, they've spent a lot of money. They've made a lot of additions to that team to be a better football team and to try to put Daniel Jones in a good spot this season. But since Joe Judge has become their head coach, he's done nothing to make you think he's the long term answer there. The same way Daniel Jones hasn't done anything to make you think that he's the long-term answer. I don't, you know, I I don't know what was said. Training camp fights happen, but when it's an all out brawl, it suggests that something's not right there or somebody doesn't respect somebody. So I'm going to assume that it's a lack of respect for Daniel Jones and probably Joe judge. You know who, uh, so if Joe judge is trying to save his quarterback, right? Do we, do we know who the backup quarterbacks in New York are right now? Can you guys guess him off the top of your head? Ooh, Mike I, Glennon. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. He's number two. The neck, and Mike Glennon. Clayton Thorson. I, you know what? I'd probably make guys run up downs, too. If my other option is you lay on a dog pile and I have to start Mike Glennon for 16 games. 17. Sorry. Oh, they're not going to win a lot of games. Like, they're not going to be a competitive <laughs> football team. I feel like we could say that, although they are in probably the worst division in football. But the, they're just not a team that screams, even with the addition of Kenny Galladay and the other free agents that they've made. Their defense wasn't terrible last year, but the New York Giants aren't a team that you think, like, oh, that's a playoff team. And it, it looks early on like we would be absolutely right in assuming that. So I want to talk about that. NFC East. Not good. Um, you can make a strong argument that most of the teams are overrated, but I have a sneaky feeling that the Giants will be good. And that is the only way they're not is if Daniel Jones continues to be Daniel Jones, which there's a good chance that that happens because all we've seen is Daniel Jones be Daniel Jones. Like this dude drives me insane because I don't think he's ever thrown a curl route on time, but with the receiver, they finally have receivers. Um, their defense is really good. I don't think that they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be closer to good than bad, if that makes sense. But how much of that is tied to the division too? So like, I just, I'm going to push back a little bit on the giants because I do like what they have there, but it's always going to come back to uh, Danny dimes, who the most ironic nickname of all time. Right. <laughs> I, I just don't know how you could slander a guy who was coached by Dave Cutcliffe. I mean, <laughs> right. he's never had a bad quarterback ever. I mean, it was just Eli, right. Or Peyton. Eli and the Daniel Jones. There was no one in between. Not right? one. <laughs> he wins a ton of games at Duke. Everyone knows that. And uh, Eli signed off on Daniel Jones, right? So they used to work out with each other at Duke. Um, how could that pick go wrong? I mean, I don't have a problem slandering the New York Giants or <laughs> Daniel Jones, but at least if we've seen one thing from Daniel Jones, it's that he's pretty sneaky athletic. Like, he has no business being as fast as he is, right? Like, you assume looking at him that he can't, like, what was it, like an 80 or 90-yard touchdown that he fell down on last year? Like, he's pretty sneaky athletic. Like, why don't we get more of that, Daniel Jones? We saw more of that his rookie year. We didn't see enough of it last year. And that was that was when he looked the best. That was when he looked like he could be a starting NFL quarterback. 
Yeah, man, all true. And it's again, it's going to come down to if 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 he can't do anything this year, then he's not the guy. And I, I mean, it's fair to say he's not the guy already, but they they invested around him. So um, if, if he's not going to take the next step forward by having big bodies to throw to pass receivers to throw to, you know, a legitimate offensive line, because that matters as well. So uh, and he has a defense to protect him. So um, pull the plug on him, guys. Uh, <laughs> expect that he's not. If he doesn't, if they don't go above 500, then there's a problem. So over under more all out training camp brawls for the New York Giants, the rest of training camp. Uh, we're going to set it at two and I'm going to go over for sure. Ooh, I'll go. I'll go under. If you would have had uh, if you would have had one and a half, I would have gone <laughs> over foot. I mean, maybe maybe this is a uniting moment. Maybe everybody getting in an all-out fight and Daniel Jones. Was really, I, Benjamin walking off the field last week? Not a not like how many how many of these moments do we need, man? There's yeah. too many of these moments, Joe Judge. Yeah, we 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 got to get something figured out. Uh, another organization that's making a lot of really questionable decisions um, and some that we still don't have answers to the Houston Texans. Uh, Deshaun Watson, of course, made news when he did show up for camp last week. He's been practicing with the Texans. They've been doing all kinds of weird stuff with him, like putting him in the secondary. And then today, maybe he's dealing with some kind of injury. Uh, He didn't practice, but then they're listing him as their fourth string quarterback. The Houston Texans are kind of a dumpster fire from top to bottom. Uh, For my money, they're going to be the worst team in football, assuming Deshaun Watson doesn't play. I just have no idea what's going on. Like at this point, I'm assuming Deshaun Watson isn't going to be a Houston Texan for the long haul, but I have no idea what they're doing, practicing him and doing all this gimmicky stuff as if he's going to be heavily involved in their team this year when it feels like he's not going to be. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. And I really think it's almost like a reflection of the league and honestly, Roger Goodell at this point, because the way it looks right. Look, there's 20 plus allegations against this guy. We, we know what those type of numbers typically mean, right? Once you get into that level of presumed guilt, right? It looks like the punishment for Deshaun Watson is he did what he did. And then he comes to practice and then his punishment is basically running scout team until he's traded to the Eagles. And that, I, I think a lot of the NFL's fan base doesn't feel like that's a strong enough punishment. And it's honestly surprised people. I think that he even showed up to camp um, mostly because people don't realize like how heavy the fine system yeah. is now in the NFL. I mean, we haven't had a holdout in two years, man. <laughs> Deshaun Watson showed up. Jamal Adams is the only guy who's like actually holding out since the, the last CBA was signed and he's holding out like on the sideline in camp because he's still showing up because he's not going to get fined $50,000 a day. Um, so there's a lot of things going on in this situation. And it should be noted that the Texans made kind of a sly move. Like it was like a headline for one day and then people forgot about it. People tend to do that. Um, that the only people who, the only fans who are allowed in practice were season ticket holders for their entire training camp. And they released that uh, on uh, mid July. Right. So like everything about this just feels like a little bit shady a little bit grimy, a little bit wrong. And it doesn't seem like anyone is willing to step in and say, hey, we're not going to do this, right? Because Deshaun doesn't want to miss practice. 
because he doesn't want to get fined. Houston doesn't want to do anything to him because they're trying to move him out of town. The league doesn't want to do anything because they don't want to have that same, they don't want to have the weight of having to punish people anymore, right? It seems like more and more that the league and Roger Goodell specifically want to kind of push away those powers and leave it to the legal system. But when it's as obvious and as talked about and as visible as this has been, you can't hide it. You can't hide it in plain sight. And it seems like that's what the league is trying to do. So how long is this going to last for? Because it feels like it's lasted for 400 weeks already, but we're just getting started in training camp. And if no team is going to make a move while his situation lingers, what's like, it's just such an awkward position for both sides to be in. He's out here playing safety, man. Like, what are we doing? Seriously, like, what is he supposed to do? The, the last time we saw that was when Washington had RG3 playing safety because they didn't want him to get hurt and trigger guarantees in his contract, right? Like, it, it, that, that's how you hide a quarterback that you don't actually plan to play at all, which then begs the question, why do you have this quarterback? And it's because you want to trade him down the line. And then it's like, why haven't you traded him yet? And is there a market for him? And, like, I don't know. The, everything about that and then people talking about, like, can can the Eagles take the short term PR hit and then get Watson on the cheap? Like everything about this situation just seems so gross. Well, and it does feel like the Texans, if it was you know public perception that they were concerned with, like they already would have moved him. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think they just see that the writing's on the wall. And I think a reason why possibly the NFL hasn't stepped in because we've seen them step in before in other circumstances and, you know, put players on the commissioner's exempt list or, or, you know, pull the trigger on a suspension or something like that and try to get out ahead of it because of the bad PR. It's just that it's Deshaun Watson. It's who he is, is a player. Like in my opinion, without the controversy, when he's on the football field, that guy is a, is one of the three best quarterbacks in football. Like I would put Mahomes, Rogers and Watson right there. And maybe you want to argue Brady or whatever, but like, that's how good he is. We've never seen a player of his profile and his caliber have this type of controversy. And so it, it feels like the public perception decision seems like it's easy because we always tend to lean towards what we think is morally correct in these situations with those players But then with this player, it seems like it's a completely different set of circumstances, and that's why the NFL is kind of tap dancing around it. Right, and the pressure really should be put on Raj at this point. It's August. We're a month away from the NFL season. Like, stop sitting on your hand. Like, people need to know at least, like, what the plan here is. You know what I mean? Like, even if you – all right, put yourself in a hypothetical where you're running the Eagles, right? You can't trade for him until you know what is going to happen with this situation, right? So, like, how long does this go? Like, does this drag out as long as, you know, the legal system drags out? Like, that could be be over a year, you know? Like, at at some point, isn't it better for the league to just, hey, we're putting him on the commissioner's exempt list? Like, that should have been done before camp. But you asked about, is there a market? For him and this is the nfl <laughs> they don't care there's it's look around it's so evident we have endless examples of them not caring about legal situations so 
there's definitely going to be a market, whether it's the Eagles, whether it's the Dolphins, whoever it may be that needs a quarterback. Well, everybody needs a Deshaun Watson on the football field, of course. But um, I don't know, man. I, I can see it lingering, but I could also see a team just being like, F it, we're going to do it. And we're just going to we're just going to wait and see. But I don't I don't know. It's tough to make you know, a concrete decision, give a concrete answer. But I can see all scenarios where, you know, anything happens where he gets moved, whether it's Friday or it's week 16 and he's still playing scout team safety with the Texans. Why Tyrod Taylor is a starting quarterback. And I, I really thought that he was going to get moved before players had to report um, just because. Think of, think of the timeline that it would take to get Deshaun Watson traded and then on the field with the team, right? So let's say you trade or your quarterback goes down week one, you trade for Deshaun Watson week two. This isn't Madden. He can't start week two. That's not how this is going to happen. So you're going to have a, like a two-week period where he's not going to get on the field, but the media backlash, rightfully so probably, is going to be coming at you for making that trade. Right. So so then it becomes, OK, well, our quarterback is hurt. We have to punt two weeks. We have to eat, you know, all of this negativity for signing a player who has all these alleged cases against him. And then we don't get to play him until like week four. Like, it doesn't really make sense. Like, that's part of it, too, is, again, we're in August. Teams are getting ready for the season. And if Deshaun Watson isn't learning whatever the playbook is that he's going to be executing in October, November, December then why is everyone sitting on their hands right now? I guess is kind of my question. Well, and it does feel like if you're going to get his type of caliber, a player on a deal, it's going to be right now. Like you're going to get it at a value. And so if we have no idea if he's going to play and you can get it at a discount, I think of a team like Washington who's got an owner who doesn't really care about bad PR, and we've seen that over and over again. They've got a team that's pretty good roster-wise, talent-wise. Their defensive front should be one of the best in football. They've got talent on offense, and they're trotting Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. You're a team that has never cared about public perception at all. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved to a team like Washington or something like that. It's, again, just a matter of, whether or not these teams are willing to take the PR hit. And we've seen it plenty of times. It's here in Kansas city. When they cut Kareem hunt, the Browns were pretty quick to go in and swoop him up. Like it's not unheard of for them to say, uh, we'll just take it because eventually when that player gets on the field and he's a special talent for us, people are just going to forget about everything that's in his past. The, th- the thing with Washington that I would say though, is so you talked about, you know, they don't care about the PR hit. I think they do a little bit. I mean, do you guys remember what happened on 4th of July week with Washington? Uh, what was it? Thursday, Dan Snyder made his wife the co-owner of the oh, team. God, that's right. And then Friday came the Friday news dump about the report of the investigation in Washington. Right. And the NFL does do sneaky stuff like this to kind of try to make you forget that, like, or. It's, you know, it's right before 4th of July. Like, let's get this story out. No one will think about it by the time everyone comes back, you know, the Tuesday after 4th of July, whatever, right? Um, Matt Patricia, that was another situation with Detroit that happened right before 4th of July. People stopped talking about it once they came back off of vacation. You know what I mean? So I think these teams do care about PR and how they're perceived and how the league is perceived, but they just kind of like slimily, you know, navigate their way 
through it. I just don't know how you can navigate through Deshaun Watson when we've been talking about this for months. You know what I mean? But that that's part of it too, is that everyone's been focused on this and then he showed up to camp and then everyone turned to wait, what the hell's the what the hell's the plan here? Yeah, it's it's weird and seems unprecedented. Uh, I, I don't really know what the Houston Texans are doing, so we'll certainly keep our eyes out on that, as will the rest of the NFL world. Uh, it does feel like, you know, by doing all the kind of drastic stuff that they're doing to him in practice right now, like the Texans are gearing up to move on from him in some way. Like you mentioned, the RG3 incentives and stuff like that. feels like this is the exact same situation that we're dealing with in Houston right now. Um we do need to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to get into a segment that we like to call Crash Course. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I have some exciting news for you, class. Your time starts now. NFL. Crash course? This doesn't happen very often. You're going to enjoy this one. And we're back on NFL University. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., as well as Kyle Posey of Niners Nation. Uh, this is a segment we like to call Crash Course, where we kind of take a deep dive around some things that you need to know and try to examine them uh, as best we possibly can. We're still waiting for the NFL to get underway. Preseason football's right around the corner. But there's some pretty significant injuries that we're seeing around the NFL so far. And one of them today, immediately after the Indianapolis Colts, lost Carson Wentz for several weeks due to a foot injury that apparently he had had for years and then needed surgery on, uh, Quentin Nelson. Their all-pro offensive lineman has a very similar foot injury that he is now having surgery on and has kind of a similar timetable for return. It seems like the this thing's just falling apart for Indianapolis before it even starts. Uh, the Carson Wentz thing I feel like you could have expected, but I don't know what's going on with foot injuries in the NFL right now. Yeah, it seems like uh, the Colts drew the short end of the stick this year, and they are going to be the team that loses half of their offense to the same type of injury. So uh, I've seen a lot of takes on Twitter about Quentin Nelson being the most important player on their offense. I know he's very good. 
I know he is a, you know, an all pro player. He is not the most important player on their offense. And I just want to lead with that to make it very clear that a quarterback is far, 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 far more superior to an offense than an offensive lineman. However, I mean, it just sucks for football fans because he is a fun player to watch and he's very good. And, you know, the Colts, they have a really good roster, but when you lose two of your more important players, the first day you put the pads on, it's just tough to swallow, man. And uh, I, I heard, I saw Frank Reich talking a little bit about it, but like, how do you recover from this as a team? So it's August, you know, everybody goes in thinking this is our year. Like we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then boom, you lose your quarterback. And then a couple of days later, boom, you lose Quentin Nelson. Like, how do you recover from that? Yeah, it's tough. And then, you know, they have a first year offensive coordinator too. And Marcus Brady, did you see what uh, Frank Reich said? I mean, he's down bad. He 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 was like, you can't make this up. <laughs> he's like, it's the same injury. <laughs> Poor Frank, right? It's just heartbroken. Like, <laughs> I feel bad, but hey, man, if I've taken away anything, it's the next time Jim Ursay tries to convince season ticket holders that his quarterback will be ready by week one, just run away, man. Like, it's just bad juju. Like, that is like a voodoo doll. Do not play with that thing. Um it really sucks for Quentin Nelson because Braden Smith just got that huge contract. Um, I think Braden Smith got a lot more money than a lot of people, a lot of people would have assumed. Yeah. And that immediately becomes, Hey, if you pay Braden Smith that much and I'm Quentin Nelson and I'm better than Braden Smith, I'm going to get a ton of money. And the fact that this injury came at this time really hurts Nelson. The other aspect of this that I don't think is being talked about enough is the fact that Wentz, because he's having this, this surgery so late is now at a risk of not hitting uh, the performance numbers in the trade that would yeah. convert that second round pick into a first round pick for Philly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you're Philadelphia, you're like, dang, man, if you had this injury since high school, why didn't you get this done earlier in the off season instead of now? Like we just lost, you know, a second round pick worth of value um, because of the timing of your injury, not even just because you had that injury. Well, that's where I'm questioning this, though, because I understand if you're an Eagles fan and you're upset about it, because, yeah, it is probably going to cost you significant draft capital. If the Eagles knew about it, why wouldn't they have gotten it taken care of at some point? Like, it's not like Wentz hasn't missed time for injury before. If we've known about this injury for years, why weren't they like, let's go ahead and get that foot cleaned up, too, while we're having knee surgeries and whatever other injuries we're dealing with in an offseason? Well, I mean... Right now is a really good example, right? Look around league wide. Do people have do NFL players have really hot takes about what they want to do with their body right now? Right? <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty it's evident that they do. It's a good but point. like you could look at you could look at New Orleans right now, the Michael, the Michael Thomas situation. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Where it's, hey man, if he could have got this done earlier, he he'd be able to get on the field in week one. Right? Um, so to a certain extent you know, having surgery done to you is something that like the players can somewhat control. You know what I mean? And a lot of times some of these players will say, I'm going to try to play through it. And if I can't right. play through it, then I'll have surgery. But I really don't want someone cutting me open. with a knife. It's their mentality too, like the mentality of an athlete. They've been able to overcome everything their entire lives. And they've been able to play through physical pain that most of us normal folk have no intention of playing through. So when money is on the line, when they, they don't want to lose these reps or whatever it may be during the spring, during the offseason, during the season, 
they're not going to go under the knife. So I do understand why he would do that. And I'm sure there's somebody in Carson's ear or whoever is in the situation where they're battling, do I get surgery or not? Uh, do I want to take the chance of not being able to come back as the same type of player? So um, all those things have to be factored in, which are all fair. But when you have a situation like this uh, with Thomas, with Wentz, they backfire and now everybody's screwed, especially if you're the Colts. Do, do we have any hope that Jacob Eason will be competent? I, okay, let's not say that. Competent? Probably no. not. Yeah. Fun? Fun? Maybe. Mm, okay. He has a hose. He has a yeah, hose. He does. He's going he's gonna to throw some bombs and they're going to go really high. <laughs> Who catches them? I have no idea. Right. But uh, hopefully, Paris Campbell, red, like red zone quarterback, on Sunday mornings, like oh, definitely the, the morning slate. Not playing in the afternoon, going against no. the Cowboys, not getting on Sunday night football. Please no. So I, I kind of think Jacob Eason would be a little fun. I, I definitely think you know Carson Wentz, for as poorly as he played in Philadelphia last year, is definitely a better quarterback. At this point. When does Wentz return? Is the question. What, what do you What do you guys right. think in here? I think they said like five to 12 weeks. So, right, which is a big gap. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> yes. I, I, I tend to lean on 12 if that yeah. if that's the case and just assume it's the worst case scenario because you should be prepared for him to miss two months if, if, if that's what's, what it's going to take for him to get completely healthy because with foot injuries especially – you can see guys bounce back from those and then immediately re-injure them. Now, after surgery, I would hope that's not the case, but they certainly shouldn't rush him back. Where where do you guys land on all the Marcus Mariota chatter that the Indianapolis Colts should go out and get the Raiders' backup quarterback because he looked good in one game last year? Let's talk about <laughs> one game. He had a great start to his career. All right, here's the problem. People forget that he couldn't feel his elbow. Like, he had legitimate nerve issues his last year in Tennessee to the point where like he struggled to grip a ball and his arm strength just plummeted. Like you could watch the film his last year in Tennessee. He did not look anything close to an NFL quarterback. I'll concede that. But if you can't tell uh, Oregon ducks, Homer has showed up. Right. Jeez, that didn't take <laughs> long at all, man. I loved Mariota uh, coming out of college. Just yeah, waiting on Oregon. a Chip Kelly reference now. Yeah. No, we're, we're past Chip. I think we, I think we got to get past Chip. So um, when will we get past Mariota then? Because when when a- he doesn't, you know, have a great game in prime time, <laughs> the one time he comes off the bench, <laughs> I would say the Packers should, should if if Rodgers was going to retire, I was like, man, we got to dump this Blake Bortles idea. Go after Mariota right now. I, I'm team Mariota. I saw someone tweet out today. You know, I, I don't think I can. I, I don't think I can uh, post on Twitter what the Mariota packages are right now. I'm oh, excited. Yeah, I saw man. that. I'm God, you're such a sucker. Excited. I am excited because look, Derek Carr, he's been talking about my wide receiver. He can't get enough of Devontae Adams. Like, let, let's end that now. Get Mariota in by like October-ish. We're running the option. He's got a ton of fast wide receivers like he did at Oregon. Let's have some fun with it. How excited would you be if Mariota outperformed Carr? Ecstatic. I don't know if I'd ever <laughs> stop talking. Right. Like I, I definitely would be like searching tweets from like 2018 and just being like, told you guys he couldn't feel his elbow. I he did it in one game. I, I think that <laughs> I think that if he goes to the Indianapolis Colts, I think they can still be a competitive football team. Right now, I don't think they're a competitive football team with Jacob Eason. I think in a bad AFC South, I, I think that thing's clearly locked up by the Tennessee Titans at this point, barring 
the Colts making some type of move to go get a quarterback. Do the Colts make the playoffs with Marcus Mariota as their quarterback? In the AFC South, I think so. In the 17-game season, I think they got a chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the South. I mean, they're going against Tyrod Taylor with a skeleton of a Houston Texans team that's made up of, like, the free agents that are available in season Madden, right? So, like, you got that going on. Jacksonville has a rookie quarterback, which I know everyone wants to get excited about Trevor Lawrence, but Jacksonville still. Yeah, everyone should approach with caution. Plus, hey, Jacksonville's been having a lot of stuff going down this entire offseason, man. Who's their head coach again? Urban Meyer, Florida. Oh, weird. Very specifically, this is Florida's Urban Meyer, not Ah. Ohio State's Urban Meyer. Who could have ever guessed? Yeah. So I I think he's got a chance. Did you guys see the uh, Nick Foles rant? No. About how this is the best version he's ever been? Oh, man. KD, you got to watch it. That's his pitch. That's his pitch to try to get to the Colts. He's just trying to get a starting job again. It's three minutes, and I've never seen someone give a speech like that since, like, that Tebow speech that they, like, plastered on the wall in the swamp. Like, it's that level of intensity. And then I saw a clip from practice today of fools just, like, throwing lollipops to defensive backs, like, in the third string. And I was like, what are we even doing here? But, yeah, he's talking about, you know, Frank Wright. Like, I love him. I can't get enough of him. I'm better than who I was when I won the Super Bowl, if you can believe that. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I can believe that. You should have lost to Atlanta in the playoffs. A ball hit someone's knee and it popped up and you got lucky. Like, what are we talking about here? Pick me. Pick me is what that sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, he's ecstatic. If he could get to Indianapolis, he'd be happier than a pig in a word that I can't say on here. Can a player get fined for tampering the way like a coach can? Because that sounds like tampering. That sounds like a pitch. Nah. Come come get me, Frank. Come get me and let me be your starter this year. Uh, just, I looked that recruiting. up. I looked that up when Derek Carr was talking about my wide receiver. And unfortunately, players cannot tamper. So <laughs> that would have been interesting to see. Well, well, we'll see. I'd rather see Marcus Mariota go to Indianapolis than Nick Foles, but. We'll see what happens for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Another big story from this week, uh, the Washington football team and the Minnesota Vikings as more and more teams around the NFL are getting fully vaccinated to get prepared for the NFL regular season. It seems like Washington and Minnesota are having more issues with that than any other team. Each team's got several players being placed on the COVID list. Uh, Head coach Mike Zimmer of the Vikings even going as far as to kind of throw some of his players on the bus. Ron Rivera is begging and pleading for his players to get vaccinated because, as we know, he's a cancer survivor who's a, who's at high risk. It's At this point, the NFL's made their stance pretty clear, and I think you can say it's a definitive competitive advantage to have your guys say, okay, we're getting the vaccine, we're not going to risk this, we're not risking games, we're not trying to jeopardize our seasons, we're all in on trying to win and go get a Super Bowl. But these two teams can't seem to figure it out, and that makes me think that they're just not going to be competitive football teams because if they can't figure it out now, it seems like this is going to be an issue throughout the entire NFL season. How disrespectful is it, just like from a human standpoint? Like how selfish do you have to be knowing who your head coach is, what he went through, knowing that he's immune deficient and you're still like, eh, probably not going to get it. I go, how, how does that happen in your brain? Just just talk to somebody. I mean, seriously, just talk to somebody, talk to him, talk to anybody 
um, to get another point of view because uh, he was pretty emotional, Ron Rivera, when he was talking about it because uh, the players, he's not getting through to the players. And it sounded like he doesn't know where else to go. But uh, I mean, it, it, it has, it's frustrating for me and I'm not even part of Washington's football team. So you can only imagine uh, what he's going through. But I mean, if he can't get through to them, I don't know how that's going to change. But yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for them to be competitive because the downsides are you lose a game, you forfeit. And when that happens, not only do you lose a game check, everybody else on your team loses a game check. Not only does everybody else on your team lose a game check, the opposing team loses a game check. So uh, the ripple effects of this is pretty wild. And the NFL is telling you, hey, dummy, go get vaccinated. And still, there is some um, some hiccups where I understand there are some, you know, some reasons why you why you would not. But for the most part, for these football players, for the most part, there's there's not there's no real ones. Yeah, and I think the the one thing I will say is that generally, you know, league wide, um, the league's doing better than our country is in general. Right. Um, they just said today that not close to yeah. that. We, we just hit the, the NFL just hit uh 90%. And a lot of those cases, if you hear some of the, the uh, clips from like pressers, I mean, the head coaches will tell you, yeah, this is our number right now. We're going to have more guys vaccinated because we have guys currently with COVID right now who are, are going to get vaccinated as soon as they can basically. So that's part of why some of these numbers are low, not necessarily in Minnesota or Washington, but, I mean, as a league, how much more can you do? You had independent doctors come in. You had league doctors talk to them. You had team doctors talk to them. You're having head coaches plead with them, right? You're having teammates putting peer pressure on these guys. And if Kirk Cousins is still the weird dude who outside of his house has a glass tube and he puts a rock in it every day to remind himself of how mortal he is and the fact that, you know, he doesn't want to take this vaccine, then like, what can you do? Like, you're just not going to be able to reach that guy. So to a certain extent, I do think that like, as people realize like, Hey, this isn't gone and it's not really going to go anywhere unless you get vaccinated, that more guys are going to get vaccinated. But at a certain point, like you got to let these guys get themselves kicked in the ass. I mean, they're grown ass men. You can't debate with them because they're just so set in their ways. Like unless something fundamentally changes the way that they see this whole situation, they're not going to change. And you're kind of wasting their even trying to reach out to them to a certain extent. And, you know, people across the country are going to make their own decisions uh, when it comes to being vaccinated. Me personally, I am fully vaccinated. And it's because if I want to go to camp, if I want to go to a game or something, I have to show proof to the NFL that I am fully vaccinated and it makes it harder for me to do my job if I don't just get it. And I don't want to get it to other people. I don't, I don't want to get other people sick. That, that that's me personally, but that's the way it is in the NFL too. Other jobs aren't requiring people to get vaccinated. I wish all of you would get vaccinated for the greater good of everybody. That's just how it is in the NFL. That's, that's what they chose to do. That was what the NFLPA agreed on. It's no nonsense. They're not playing around this year. They're not trying to move games around. They're not trying to lose money on these television deals. They didn't add an extra game so they could move things around more and jeopardize their money. They added an extra game because they wanted to bring in more money and they claimed they lost a bunch of money last year. Some of the pushback from the players has been um, the league's trying to shame us by 
you know, having them wear a certain a certain wristband or whatever if they're not vaccinated or whatever it may be. But it's not like that's not even close to the case. This is a business for the business to operate. The business needs their employees to be on the field for that to happen without any risk. You have to get vaccinated. It's so simple. And for whatever reason, their players are making it seem like and when I say the players, you mentioned like 90, 90% of them are vaccinated. So it, it's pretty much the loud minority here. But still, um, they're making it sound so complex. And it's just not at all, man. It's it's very hard for me to grasp where uh, what are you missing? Right. And I, I think, again, I, I think once this starts impacting players, locker rooms, teams, franchises more and more, um, more people realize every literally everyone just wants to go back to normal, right that's the one unifying bond between all this everyone wants to go back to normal and maybe that's what what gets us there but we'll see i mean if this is happening in season i mean how many of these games would have been can- like how many games would have been canceled this past week based off right. of how many people had you know are in covid protocols and stuff <laughs> there's exposure you know, there's exposure in the locker room. Minnesota's locker room's exposed. Obviously, they're not um, pulling everyone out of that locker room just for exposure like they kind of were last year. But it, it's just this weird dynamic where I'm like, is anyone going to get to 17 games? Like, at the rate that we're at now, like, is anyone going to get to 17 games? And I think that's the question that the NFL really has yeah, and we all want to see a full 17-game schedule. We all want to see our team succeed. We want to see everybody be safe and have a healthy NFL season. And the way we can do that is by getting vaccinated, and the NFL players need to get vaccinated. If you think the New York Giants were, were mad today during their all-out team brawl, I think it'd be safe to say we're probably going to see some more fights in NFL locker rooms across the year when certain guys are costing their team game checks. Uh, It's just not going to be a good situation. So let's just all get vaccinated so we can see a full NFL season. Uh, This has been NFL University. Thank you guys so much for listening to the very first episode. Please, if you have not, subscribe and rate and review each and every one of our shows on the SB Nation NFL channel. We're doing tons of incredible content all throughout the week. We just launched the brand new wave of shows. We've got shows for you six days a week, Sunday through Friday on the SB Nation NFL channel. Justice KP, thank you guys. We'll talk to you next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.